This is Cover 2, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Hit! Browns are going to win! Mayfield, end zone, Landry, touchdown! With Dan Kadar and Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. With Steve Dorshuk from the Canton Repository. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover 2, our podcast on the Cleveland Browns. This is Dan Kader, and I'm joined, as always, by Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about all of the injuries that are mounting for the Browns and the, the importance of some of them. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Cardinals game that's coming up on Sunday. It's a, a key game for the Browns, who are now 3-2. and two. And The Cardinals are the NFL's only undefeated team at 5-0. and oh. So we'll, we'll get to that, too, and we'll see what else we can get into here on a, what's going to be a short podcast, most likely. But before we get to that, I do have to remind you that our podcast today is brought to you by USA Today Sports Plus. And if you haven't heard of USA Today Sports Plus, it's a brand new app. It's part of the USA Today family. Uh, it's it's brand new. It puts the fans first. It's 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 fun. It's neat. Um, you can get everything there: scores, standings, and more by downloading the app. Again, that's USA Today Sports Plus. You can find it on the Apple and Google Play stores. So check it out. That is USA Today Sports Plus. So, Nate. It seems like, at this point, half of the Cleveland Browns roster is injured. I mean, you can you can pick any position group and and find a key player hurt, whether it's Jedrick Wills, Jadavian Clowney. Almost like half the cornerback room seems to be hurt at this point. Um, Baker Mayfield has the partially torn labrum in his left shoulder. The Jarvis Landry's on IR right now. He's designated for return Wednesday. There's just injuries on injuries on injuries with this team right now. Which is, to you, the most pressing and and which is the most concerning? I think it's still Landry. I think you miss him most of all. He's missed three games. Um, He hasn't been designated for return yet. He's just running today uh in Berea and he actually spoke to our coworker Marla Ridenauer Tuesday night at a Browns event and he said that he you know I'm paraphrasing here but basically he expects to be back at some point during this three game homestand but he did not speak as if it'll happen Sunday against the Cardinals and with the team not designated him for return today that really points to this being you know, uh, a, a longer wait. He's going to, I think, miss more than just these three games. So he's going to miss, if he misses Arizona, which I think he will, that'll be four games. Then you turn around and you have a Thursday night game against the Broncos. So if he's not ready Sunday against the Cardinals, do you really want to push him to be ready four days later? I don't know. I could see him missing both of those. And then that would put him coming back Halloween for the first AFC North game. 
Pittsburgh Steelers um, are going to be playing the Browns. Uh, and I could see that being Jarvis's first game back. And I just think if you look at, I know the, the Browns had more than 500 yards offense. Baker Mayfield bounced back statistically, um, and they scored 42 against the Chargers. But I just think there are moments in that game, you know, especially in crunch time, where you needed to move the ball to secure victory and you didn't do it enough. I think that Jarvis, uh, you know, there's that void is really felt because he is a go-to guy. And everybody talks about that trust and, and comfort that Baker Mayfield has in Rashard Higgins. And it's there, but I think it's it's something that, that Baker and Jarvis have. Uh, and it's undeniable. So I, I really do think that Jarvis Landry, until he comes back, there's going to be something important missing on offense. That's an interesting one. I, I don't know that a lot of people would have would have gone with Jarvis Landry as, as the most, you know, pressing or important injured player on the Browns, which is not to say anything negative about Jarvis Landry. But like you said, the Browns scored a ton of points. Uh, they, they moved the ball up and down the field until the end against the Chargers. So just the general look of things, you know, Theoretically, the the weapons on offense should be good enough, but I I do get your point, and it, it your your point was made with an exclamation uh, when that that ball bounced off Odell Beckham's hands or his chest, I guess, um, on, on that on that critical play. So, or or when they couldn't move the ball really in that yeah. last the last drive. So that that that's a good point you make. Can I say something real quick off that thought? Absolutely, yes. Money, money downs, and money time is where this Browns offense is lacking. Because you look at the stats, like I said, it's historic for the Browns to have more than 500 yards of offense, score 42 points, have no giveaways, and lose the game. But money downs, that fourth and two that Odell Beckham Jr. did not catch, that, that's early in the game. But that was a turnover on downs in the red zone. That's at least three points, possibly seven or eight, that you lost with that drop, you know, depending on how the rest of the drive goes. Um, that's a money down, even though it's early in the game. Um, money situations. The Browns obviously, uh, you know, had it with a leading by a point. They needed to keep possession. They needed to get a drive together. They went three and out, obviously. Kevin Stefanski said that he was sick about his decision to call the, the, the draw to Kareem Hunt on third and nine. But if you have Jarvis Landry there, that's money time. That's where he comes through for you. That's where that comfort, that rapport, that chemistry with Baker Mayfield shines through. Um, I think it gives you a much better chance if Jarvis Landry's on the field to do something there. Money time again, the last possession. They get the ball back with, I think, 131 left. No timeouts. Um, they got to their own 46. Uh, close enough to throw Hail Mary, but you want to get a lot closer and you want to take a hell of a lot less time to advance t- to your own yes. 46 there. It, it t- just took too much time. And I think, again, Jarvis Landry would have helped. So money time and money downs is where I think he missed Jarvis Landry the most. And when you're playing in these shootouts with these really good teams, and, you know, those are the two Browns losses, like, you know, week one against the Chiefs, week five against the Chargers, You've got to be good on money, money downs and money and in money time. And I think that 
you know, Jarvis is your key piece there. So I just wanted to kind of emphasize that because you, you, you put, you put it in a, a great uh, context, Dan, with the, with the fourth and two. And I just wanted to piggyback off that. And also just, if I can run through the injuries real, real quick for comparison's sake, why I say Jarvis. Yes. Yep. Okay. We got not practicing on Wednesday, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Well, the Browns are number one uh, in rushing and those are two of the best five, maybe, you know, definitely two of the top 10 running backs for my money um, in the NFL. But I think they're going to be okay. They both finished the game. I think Kevin Stefanski said today it's about being smart in some of these cases. Um, Okay, let's go to the defensive ends. Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, Tech McKinley, all sitting out Wednesday. Miles Garrett played the game. Uh, he came out for a few plays in the fourth quarter against the Chargers. I asked him afterward how he's doing health-wise. He said he's going to continue to push through it. So he's been dealing with ankle and knee issues. Uh, missed a couple practices last week, but played. Um, he said he, he's been dealing with it for a while. It, it goes back to before the Minnesota game in week four. So I think he's going to be good to go. I'm not too worried about that. Uh, same thing with Tack McKinley. He played the game. You know, there was no coming out. Um, Jadavian Clowney's the mystery because he did not play in the game. He was listed as questionable with an elbow, but then he felt soreness in a knee uh, in pregame warm-ups. We know his long history with knee surgeries. Uh, so that one out of the three DNs is the most concerning to me. Uh, so we'll see on Clowney, but I think the other two guys, Garrett and McKinley, are expected to be ready. Uh, David Njoku, again, had the best game of his career. He set out Wednesday's practice with a knee. Um, you know, talked afterward, expect him to be back. Malcolm Smith uh, sent out at Wednesday's practice with an abdomen injury. He did. He was active against the Chargers, but played sparingly uh, with Anthony Walker Jr. coming back and, and Malcolm dealing with an injury. So I think he's probably going to be able to play, uh, but I don't know about his snap count or workload. J.C. Treader, this is his normal protocol. He doesn't practice. Um, you know, until Friday, and he always plays because um, he's <laughs> just an Iron Man. Uh, let's see who else we got. Jack Conklin, that's a concern. Right tackle. You know, he left the game with that knee injury uh, in the fourth quarter. James Hudson, the third rookie, fourth round pick, filled in. So I guess out of all these injuries, Dan, I'm looking at Clowney and Conklin as the ones who I think are are kind of the most likely to miss time. Um, and, you know, I don't even know about Conklin. I'm just saying he's not practicing today, and he actually did come out of the game early. And, you know, Clowney didn't play. So and there's that injury history there. So that's how I'm looking at it. I'd still put, man, Conklin, there, I mean, there's a, I mean, that's a huge, those are huge players. Clowney and Conklin are huge players. I mean, Conklin's an all-pro. Clowney's a three-time pro bowl. We know about these guys. I don't have to explain it. But I just think, boy, <laughs> it's neck and neck. But if you had to put Landry, um, in the hopper with those two guys, I'd still say Landry is, is the biggest miss because of the money situations we're talking about and how the Browns need to get over that hump to really be what they want to be. Mm-hmm. One guy you didn't mention that I, I, I want to know about is Jedrick Wills because yeah, let's talk he, about the guys who came back to practice today. Yeah, he um, so he's he sat out the last game. He's had this lingering injury, and look, man. I, I am no doctor by any means, but it, it just seems like one where, hey, just sit him out for a week and then he'll be fine. It, it seems like an injury that's just going to 
stick with him until he gets an extended period of time off. So what what's the status of Jedrick Wills? Because that that's the one that's concerning to me, and not necessarily because of um, how good he is. He's he's good. He's fine. It's more concerning about the the depth the Browns have at the offensive tackle position with with Chris Hubbard, you know, out for the season now. So what what's the situation with Jedrick Wills? Is is he just going to be playing through injury? Do you think he's he's good to go? What, what's the status there? Yeah, I, I I don't think he's necessarily good to go. Um, again, it's Wednesday, so things can change Wednesday, Friday. Um, but let me just tell you what I saw right before we started recording, Dan. Uh, you know, they open practice here in Berea for about 20 minutes to reporters. He returned to practice today. Uh, and I watched him. And he started doing individual drills. He got down in a stance. He fired out into, you know, a teammate holding a pad. Uh, and all of a sudden, he just started talking to Joe Sheehan. He got off to the side, and he started talking to Joe Sheehan while individual drills continued. And Joe Sheehan, for people who don't know, he's one of the head honchos for the Browns medical staff. He used to be called head athletic trainer. Now he has like a seven word title that I always have to look up. He's just a really important guy in the, in the Browns medical team and makes a lot of decisions along with their doctor, James Voos. And Jed really just, he stopped practicing during this open portion and then just talked at length, you know, gesturing to his left ankle that's been bothering him and talking at length with Joe Sheehan. So that's concerning to me. It didn't feel right, obviously, as he, as he was going through these individual drills. So we'll see how the rest of the week goes with him. Um, but that is, a, is you know, obviously uh, something we have to monitor. Blake Kantz made his first regular season NFL start against the Chargers or against any team uh, in Will's absence this past Sunday. So. Uh, you know, obviously not ideal. Blake Hans is a is like an ideal backup guard, not an ideal starting left tackle. So we'll see how it goes. Um, there were three other guys, very notable players who returned to practice today. Your top cornerbacks, okay? Uh, Greg Newsom the second missed the past two games with a calf injury. He was back practicing today. That was kind of expected because they didn't put him on IR, so they didn't think he was going to miss three games. Because by rule, if you go on IR, you have to miss a minimum of three games. So it makes sense that he's back today. But Denzel Ward left in the first quarter against the Chargers with a neck injury. He was back practicing today. Good sign. And Greedy Williams, good sign. Really good sign. He was back practicing today. I was a little worried about him because he got banged up in that game against the Chargers and left in the fourth quarter. And it was a right shoulder that the Browns announced. And that right shoulder is the same one that he missed all last season with nerve damage in last year. So a little concerning, but good to see him back uh, in practice the first time. You know, he got an opportunity to practice after that game. Good sign. They all went through individual drills. Nothing alarming about any of them, unlike Wills, when when I kept eyes on him. And that the, the cornerback thing is, is critically important this week as the Browns go into a game against the, the pass-happy Arizona Cardinals. Again, like I said at the top, they're 5-0 and this season. The NFL's only undefeated team. Now you can obviously argue about their schedule, who they've played, but the, the fact of the matter is they're 5-0, and and they throw the ball a ton. Like, I I think I heard correctly that the top four wide receivers on the Cardinals all have better statistics this year than 
the Browns' best statistically wide receiver. Um, I, I unfortunately I don't have the numbers in front of me, so you'll just have to take my word for that right now. But um, it, it's it's just a fact of the matter. Of this game, whether it's you know DeAndre Hopkins, they have AJ Green now. Rondale Moore looks incredible as a rookie. This is a team where the Browns need all the pieces they can get on defense, right, Nate? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I'm looking this up right now, and yeah, the the Browns' leader in receiving this year is uh, Kareem Hunt with 17 catches for 149 yards, and the Cardinals have four guys, you're right, who have more catches. Um, That is amazing. So, yeah, and I think all four of those guys, yeah, all four of those guys also have more receiving yards. So Kareem Hunt is the leading Browns receiver, and he would rank fifth on the Cardinals right now. Um, Joe Woods said something earlier this season um, about the way the game's evolving and teams spreading it out, getting all these fast, quick, twitchy athletes on the field. It's like playing basketball on grass. When I watch the Cardinals, because I, you know, I watched their game against the 49ers on a rewatch uh, yesterday, I thought that's them to a T, right? They've got Kyler Murray, they've got, you know, they've got Rondale Moore, and um, you know, obviously DeAndre Hopkins, and um, but you know, they AJ are Green, Christian Kirk, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a Chase, big group. Chase Edmonds, like they are just spreading it out. Mm-hmm. And playing with tempo, and they are, like, I don't see, like, with Chubb and Hunt, the Browns have, and, and the Browns, you know, have, have a strong line, and it's a power game, right? The Browns can play a power game for sure. I mean, it's AFC North, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's that brand of football, and the Cardinals are much different stylistically. It's just it is very fascinating to watch, and you can just see like the problems that that would present for a defense when you've got all these guys who are just so dangerous in space, and you can spread teams out, you can you can play fast, keep the defense on its heels. I mean, it's a nightmare, and I think it's a huge reason why they're five and zero. And you know, when I think about the Browns, like they have JOK, right? Jeremiah Usakormo, the hybrid linebacker safety the browns are playing at linebacker like i feel like you need a a defense full of those kind of guys to match up with the cardinals it's like the new wave you know i mean it's not like this is the first offense like this ever but really they epitomize everything that i think of when i'm thinking of how the game is evolving and has evolved it it really is. It's it's crazy the how productive the the charge or the excuse me the Cardinals are, and their passing offense. I mean, Chargers are too. Obviously, we just saw that. But like the the Cardinals are 25th in the NFL in pass attempts per game at 32, which is a when you look at the production they're getting, that's a crazy stat that there are 24 other teams in the NFL that throw the ball more times per game than the Cardinals. But the Cardinals are seventh in the NFL in passing yards per game. So they're they're explosive, they're efficient, they have lots of options. Man, I, I, I gotta tell you, 
you saw watching the the 49ers game that catch by Rondale Moore on the sidelines man that that's one of the guys I just really wanted the Browns to draft so seeing him <laughs> seeing him ball out in Arizona I just get kind of sad so you probably remember um, how I felt about him too Dan we were both yes. saying this guy is going to be a huge problem for for defenses in the NFL and it's showing up already, and I think he's going to be a huge problem for the Browns Sunday. Yeah. So, is that the is that the key to the game, Nate? How how the Browns can shut down this passing offense, or is there some other key to the game here for the Browns? I think it is the key to the game. I really do. I mean, you know, the the Cardinals have players on defense too, but you know, Chandler Jones is he was placed on the COVID list on Tuesday. So the Browns can catch a huge break if he if he cannot play. Um, you know, he's their sack leader. He had five sacks in the opener. He hasn't had one since. But obviously, you know, he's a guy who, who lines up on that, that right edge of the defense. So he would be playing whoever the left tackle is for the most part. And with Jedrick Wills Jr. far from a certainty to play that spot, uh, you know, I think the Browns would, would, would certainly hope that, that Chandler Jones isn't in there. But you know, J.J. Watt, you know, he plays mostly on the left side of the line, and he's been very disruptive. And, you know, obviously, I mean, it's they've got Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, the first-round pick from this year, and, you know, Buda Baker. And, um, you know, they, they've got a lot of playmakers on that side of the ball. So I don't want to, like, say it's all offense, offense, offense. But if you look at the Cardinals, I mean, I, they only beat the 49ers 17-10, but that was the departure from the rest of the season when they've been scoring in the 30s in the first four games. So, you know, I really do think it's more about keeping pace and, and, and catching up and um, whatever it may be, doing doing enough because you know that there's going to be a bunch of points scored. Like, you know, Stefanski thought that was going to be the way it went in Minnesota, and it didn't, and the Browns won 14-7, and that was a surprise that it wasn't a shootout. But then he thought he's going to need points against the Chargers, and he did. So I think, you know, that this game is likely uh, going to be, you know, another one that you're going to have to win in a shootout. And so that's why I, I think that it's more about, you know, the Cardinals and the passing game and Kyler Murray than anything else. I agree, though. The only thing I would counter with is if the Browns can – can slow the game down and just eat clock a lot and rely on Chubb and Hunt, who at times they they have been unstoppable. Hunt especially. I, I want to talk to you about him sometime in the near future on one of these podcasts because I he's been great this year, I think. And I, I don't think he's getting a lot of national recognition for how well he's played, but We'll, we'll get to that at a future podcast and some other stuff we we were going to talk about on on this this one, but we we have to go a little short because of I have I have other work stuff that has to be done, unfortunately. But um, Nate, let, let's close on this. Do you have a prediction for this one yet? Yeah, I am going to go Cardinals. Um, you know, I went Browns last week over the Chargers. Obviously, um, you know, it could have went that way. And- no, I don't regret it. There were a bunch of injuries. There were some bad calls. And the Browns just, they weren't clutch enough on in some of the money situations. 
Uh, and they had two blown coverages for touchdowns of 42 and 72 yards given up to Mike Williams. So, I mean, you take maybe one or two of those things away, not even all four of those things, and, and you win the game, but, but they didn't. Um, and now I'm left with a situation where do I predict the Browns to lose back-to-back games in the same season under Kevin Stefanski for the first time because of this matchup and some of the injury concerns we talked about earlier? Man, you know, I'm going to pick the Cardinals, and I think it's going to be another kind of wild, you know, maybe not 41 points in the fourth quarter, but I think it it has a potential to be another wild game. So I haven't settled on a final score, um, but off the top of my head, I think I'm going to go something like, you know, Cardinals 31, um, Browns 27. I don't I don't want to pick the Cardinals, but they, they have been playing so well to start the year. I also don't want to pick the Cardinals because the the next game, the Thursday game against Denver, suddenly the Browns are three and three if they lose to the Cardinals. They're on the short week. Denver is not an easy team. Their defense is really, really good. Um so the the Denver game becomes the dreaded must win kind of scenario for the Browns if they lose against the Cardinals. And I, I do wonder if, if they consider that at all, you know, just we, we can't get behind the eight ball early in the year and try and dig ourselves out. I know they want to win the division. All the divisional opponents are in the back end of the, the schedule, but at some point the, the Browns have to this season Beat a good team, a really good team. That's not the Vikings. It was the Chiefs. It was the Chargers. It is the Cardinals, I think, at least based on how they're playing right now. I am, I'm going to go Browns win, actually, on this one, just based on that. I, I think they, they feel the pressure they need to win this one, and they, they certainly need to beat Denver, too. So I, I'm going to go Browns win. I don't have a score prediction. I, I think you're right, though. It's going to be high scoring. The over-under on this one is 53.5, according to Tipico. Um, yeah, I, I think each team is going to have at least 30 points. I, I think the Browns are going to win just barely. Maybe, I don't know, 33-31 to 31 or something. But I think that's it for the podcast this week. Nate, do you have anything else before we before we check out? I think that's it. Um, you know, they just one thing I got to say, though, I mean, when you talk about those blown coverages. Yes. We hadn't seen that. We hadn't seen that no. kind of blatant, obvious, glaring communication breakdown. Mm-hmm. And that must be fixed immediately for your prediction to come true, because with this high flying offense, of Kyler Murray. They're, they're going to they're not going to I don't think they're going to be able to compensate for something like this. And uh, it'll haunt them just like it did against the Chargers. So, you know, to give up two in one game is just mind-boggling. And I noticed on my re- I, I noticed live, but it gets lost in the shuffle when you cover one of the wireless NFL games that you've mm-hmm. ever seen. And that's what I w- was doing in, in Inglewood, California. John Johnson III was calling the plays for the defense, and that was a first. They took it out of the linebacker room. It was Anthony Walker Jr., then it went to Malcolm Smith, and Walker was out with hamstring injury for three weeks. 
and on IR. It went to JJ3 for the first time. So it's interesting. You know, I asked a fancy today why it happened, and he talked about the injuries to Walker and Smith and not being out there every down, and JJ3's out there the whole time. And JJ3 has experience doing it. Did it last year for the Rams, the number one off, number one defense in the NFL, Brandon Staley, who's now the Chargers coach. We know all that. Um, but you had those communication breakdowns, and I asked if that adjustment, that change up with the defensive signal caller had anything to do with communication breakdowns, and Stefanski's had had didn't even entertain it as a possibility, said no. Mm. So um, just something to keep an eye on. Whatever the whatever the answer is, I mean, I know Stefanski's answer, but, you know, and, and, and maybe he's absolutely right, and there's no question about it, but I thought it was worth asking because we hadn't seen those breakdowns. They changed the defensive signal caller. So you're obviously, you know, adjusting your operations pre-snap, and then those happen. Can't have them happen again for your prediction to come true, Dan. So uh, we will see how it goes. That's just one thing I wanted to add because I did think that that was noteworthy. Yeah, and that doesn't seem like a coincidence either, does it? You know, where where that changes and suddenly you have a couple obvious, egregious, blown coverage plays. So. We'll see how that develops uh, in this game. Again, it's Sunday. This is an afternoon 4 o'clock game for the Browns against the undefeated Cardinals. We'll have full coverage of the game leading up to it and following at beaconjournal.com slash sports slash Browns. This is going to be a good one. And then, the like I said, the Browns are looping right back around to playing the Broncos. So that is going to do it on cover two. Make sure, again, you download the USA Today Sports Plus app. Please rate us on whatever podcast service you choose to use. That helps us a lot. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you all next time.